Hello, everybody. Welcome to the right now Game Scribes titled podcast, which may be the title, maybe not. Who knows? Uh, this is the podcast where we talk for a long time about video games and its storytelling. Yay! Uh, I'm your I'm your host Chris, and with me here is my good friend Jared. Hello, everyone. Yeah, that was so like official. Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> Enjoy the show. Uh, so, Jared, did you have a week? What have, have What have you been playing? Anything interesting over um, there? Honestly, nothing but the Bioshock collection. Uh, it's just been pretty much twenty four seven Bioshock collection on my Xbox uh, since it came out. Um, I feel that. Yeah, that's it. Actually, that and uh, Rainbow Six Siege because I've really fallen back into that. I I remember first getting Bioshock, like the original one. And just the intro just fucking blew me away. You know, yeah. you fall out of the plane, you're in the water, and you enter that lighthouse. And I don't know, like, that was, like, a very iconic moment. And I remember just pausing the game every 10 seconds, just being like, I can't, I can't, but I have to. It's yeah. too good. It, I have to continue. It's um, it's a game that that opening scene is so great that every time I've played the first game, Bioshock 1, um, where you fall out of the sky and you're put right into the water it doesn't even seem like you're ready to play like you could sit there for 30 seconds and finally be like oh wait this is me controlling it this isn't a cutscene. that's it's and in 60 frames per second at 1080p it's gorgeous it looks great i can i can definitely imagine that and like man like that game sets you up right away like you look around those waters it's dark there's fire there is like parts of a plane and then this fucking lighthouse like you know what you're getting into from second one and i i just really love that like the tone of that game is so clear defined and consistent yeah it's 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 like a great experience and like entering rapture like i remember when you first entered the the you know whatever ball yeah. of of a submarine and it starts sinking and then you're like oh shit what did I just get myself into? Like, it's such a such a great feeling. It's so, oh man, it's I don't think anything has come close to like to that experience for me over the past couple of years of just entering rap and like just being thrown into this world and fully wanting to be there. Just it's honestly great, such a great game. From what I've been hearing from the interwebs, like it it does feel a little dated i guess i i don't know i haven't i don't actually own the collection i own all three games though on ps3 and i've played a good chunk of one i've only like touched two but i hear that's like the bad one so i'm i have no desire to go back and i know i remember i've beaten 3 and so i haven't played them in a while so like does it feel dated now it um i haven't touched infinite yet on the collection, and honestly, I haven't touched two because I've been really taking my time scrolling through. Yeah, the original one. is the best. Yeah, um, but I can feel that. I can. I could definitely see how people would say it's. Da- I mean, it's an old game now. It's it's right. nine years old. Right. It's just nothing's been changed on the collection other than the fact that a couple editions of like uh, some extra stuff, some director's commentary, um, this little museum area that's really cool. You can go in and uh, see all these like scrapped concepts for the game, which that's really awesome. Oh, that's great. Um, but it feels it. I mean, it's a little clunky. It's it's not you know it's not a 2016 first person shooter. It's a right. It's definitely like it's an older game now, which is weird. It feels weird saying that. <laughs> yeah, it it feels so recent yet still here we are. It's like nine years old. That's yeah. when you go, 
Oh, geez. Uh, life is passing faster than I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even Infinite is a three-year-old game at this point, which is... Weird. Oh, God, you're right. Yeah, like, it's... it's. It, I mean, yeah, so I could see that. I feel like Infinite probably still holds up better because it's a newer one. Right. Um, Two is funny because two, a lot of people are very divided about that game where um, a lot of people love it. And a lot of people hate it. Like the gameplay mechanic is a fantastic, like being able to play as a big daddy is, is that's awesome. But, um, and I think the narrative of that game is, is pretty strong. I haven't personally played through that one because I felt that was the weakest as well. So right. I'm on the other side of the fence. The, too. the, the thing with two that I remember as a, as a kid, I remember just like wanting it so bad. Cause I loved one so much, even though I didn't beat it. So yeah. I guess I'm a hypocrite, but, um, and I, I didn't get it. Cause like, I was young and it wasn't around my birthday and my parents were like, you have enough video games, Chris, I, I can't spend this much money. And here I am recording a video game podcast. So suck it, mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so like two kind of just flew past me, yeah. but I remember looking up the ending cause I was like, I have to know, I have yeah. to know. And, and even just watching the ending, I was like, oh, this is all right. Like, I don't know. This doesn't, this doesn't feel right. Like, I remember thinking, like, no, I don't want to be a big daddy. The best part about them was that if you left them alone, they wouldn't, like, do anything. And, yeah. like, I want to see where else this guy goes. Yeah. It's funny because a lot of times it felt like in 2, they established um, even more so where it felt like you were more vulnerable even as the big daddy. Because, like, I don't know, they, you know, they established in the storyline that, like, you're an old uh, prototype one so like you're not as not as good as the new like the new great fangled ones like that are running around so I don't know two is the first one that I actually played of the series I got I got Bioshock 2 and Mass Effect 2 on the exact same day I had never played the the first entries of both series before and I love both of those games Bioshock 2 is definitely my least favorite of the three um just because it doesn't, I mean, technically it's not made by the same guys who made Infinite and One, so like it's just kind of this kind of feels like a tacked on, like, hey, let's make you buy this game that like you know, let's make you spend sixty dollars on this thing. But I mean, it's definitely a full game, but it's I don't know, it's not as it doesn't stand up as well, I don't think. So it might be actually in the collection the one that I skip over. I think I'm gonna go right from one to Infinite and then do the DLCs. Uh, I hear Minerva's Den is praised as like one of the best DLCs ever. That is true. Because I think people from, and don't quote me on this, so if I'm wrong, I'm sorry, but I think some people from Naughty Dog were involved in writing it. I've, I've heard that too, so I, you know what, maybe I, maybe I take back what I just said. I have to go back and play Bioshock 2 so I can do that. Right, so we could just do, get to Minerva's then and do that because that uh, that is that is really great. Um, you mentioned Rainbow Six Siege, right? How's, how's that? It's it's honestly the coolest, I think, first-person shooter experience in a game I've had probably, I don't know, since the first one I played back on GameCube or whatever, um, which is a weird... Like, my first first-person shooter was a Medal of Honor back on a GameCube of all systems, which is weird. But, uh, yeah, no, Rainbow Six Siege is, like... Um, the best way to describe it is, for anyone who hasn't played it, um, it plays, like, a search-and-destroy mode in call of duty so you have one life uh there's an attack defend mode and it's just really fun it's it's you know there's absolutely no story there's not a story mode at all it's just online multiplayer or online against bots um 
but it's a great game that I kind of just put on a lot. Like I think how people play GTA was just like it's mindless. Right. I can just first scoot through. I just feel like first person shooters are in this scary territory where like some people are like, oh, I'm so glad this doesn't the Rainbow Six Siege doesn't have a story mode. Other people are like, no, Titanfall needed a story mode, and some people are like. Uh, are like oh what battlefield one is doing is great and it's just like i just feel like all these developers being like what do you want like you know i don't know like your call of duties your battlefields those are games that are meant to be played online so like it feels like the money that they spent probably doing a story mode which hurts me as a writer but um should have just been spent making the multiplayer not suck for a lot of these games like uh i don't know a call of duty ghost or something you know like that really could have used the money spent fixing the multiplayer but like yeah it's it's interesting to me that i like siege because titanfall i didn't like because it didn't have a story mode i love the multiplayer it was a lot of fun but it needed a story mode and now titanfall 2 is gonna have a story mode so that's i'm excited to see how that turns out that'll be interesting i remember playing like the first mission of the story mode of ghosts yeah and it and you take a machine gun and you start shooting it in space. And I immediately turned it off because I was like, that actually doesn't work. No, you yeah. can't shoot a gun in space. Yeah. No, they came up. I think they came up with like some ridiculous, like after you do it, like, oh, this is why this works. Kind of like sci-fi right. cop out. Kind Great. Of thing. Uh, Call of Duty Ghost's story mode to me felt like, um, like Activision or I forget, I guess it was Infinity War. Whoever made that game of the Call of Duty developers, like their response to like Fallout. Like it was very, like it was post-apocalyptic. Like there was, oh, you have a dog. Like, you know, this like, this right. kind of like weird, like, oh, you guys like this thing? Let's let's do this thing so you like this which is too. Which is funny because even Fallout 4 people were like, the Witcher is better. <laughs> I, I haven't played The Witcher, which is like, it's It's so I much, I, I beat it. It's, it's so much better. It, is it? honestly... I played, I beat Witcher 3 and then I played Fallout 4 and I loved Fallout 4, but it, it, it doesn't like, it just, with Fallout 4, you can, f again, like Bioshock, you can kind of feel the outdatedness a little bit. Yeah. Like you feel that Bethesda's formula is, is, is going a little bit. It doesn't have the same impact that Skyrim has. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a little clunky. The, the graph, it, it, it it's better looking Fallout 3, and that's not good enough for 2016. That's how I felt about yeah. it. Yeah, it's funny because I was a huge supporter of Fallout 4. I thought I was going to quit my job and not go to school ever again like, and just play Fallout 4 for the rest of my life when it came out. <laughs> that's a great um, goal in life. <laughs> I Yeah, like it, it's I have the Pip-Boy edition. Like I spent the money, and I have a ton of Fallout memorabilia. But um, it came out, and I played it, and I was like, all right, this is good, but it feels like they took a page out of... Uh, Bioware's book and it plays like a Mass Effect game like the 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 uh dialogue like uh options are totally from Mass Effect or Dragon Age it's not as personalized as Fallout 3 or even New Vegas was um and I honestly can say I haven't played Fallout 4 since probably January like I, I, there's just been other stuff to play and I just exactly haven't had the, like, like time ever since I put it down haven't had one ounce of desire to pick it back up honestly yeah. and like that is a testament to something, yeah. you know, like something there is, is missing that. Whereas the Witcher three kept me coming back yeah. and they just did everything right from like, and even like little things like now with the collection, they like redid the trophies again. Oh really? So okay. like if you own the Witcher three and you buy the collection, it has merit because you can just re get the trophies. Right. And they're the same trophies, but yeah. you get them twice. Yeah. I think they're, uh, 
they're giving Bethesda a run for its money. Yeah. So my week was weird because I've been just like, uh, I've been enjoying my Vita a lot and I've been doing a lot of building games. I'm, I'm back into like a building game phase, like been playing some Minecraft and I've been like, Ooh, like this is great. Maybe I should get into Sims again or whatever. <laughs> I have tried the demo for Dragon Quest Builders though, okay. which is really, which seems really interesting. And they're, they probably got me to a point where I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy this <laughs> because this is great. I just, Minecraft is great and all, but there's this like missing element to it where it's like, you can go and build a whole town, but then once you, once you're done, there's, there's nothing to do with it. It kind of has like a Lego effect, right? Yeah. Like you use your manual and you build your Lego and then you put it on your shelf and you're like, now what? Yeah. Like, like with, with Dragon Quest builders, you have like settlers and you can set up shops and things like that. Like it just makes like your creations feel alive yeah you know and like minecraft is amazing and you can do anything in it and that's like really really cool but after you create whatever you're you're creating it like you know it's like the end goal is in the creating of the thing and i want my creation to live and maintain it you know right it's funny because for a while and i think even still currently minecraft are um they're trying to make like it's it's got more RPG elements than it than it did when it you know launched, but it's it's not quite there. I can see like there's nothing like there's you build it and that's it. Like yeah, it's it's a throwaway thing. And and it's it's fun. Like don't get me wrong, I love building things in Minecraft. However, like I want Towncraft. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> which is funny because that's a game that exists on Steam and I bought and I played it like crazy. Yeah, and. But that game is a little little clunky in its own right, and it was like a early access thing, which is always means like mm, just just grit your teeth a little bit because this is rough. It's funny too because like I know we'll probably get roasted on the internet because they'll be like, "Why didn't you know?" But there's mods for Minecraft that do these kind of things, and like I don't want to go through the hassle of insult, you know, like if I'm going to do right. that, I'm going to do that. I want the game itself to have these kind of things, you know, like, and I still like, I had to delete all of them. Cause my, com like my computer just became all weird from yeah. it. There's, there's that little, like almost like real time strategy element to it that I like really want. And this yeah. game is, is at least so far really doing it for me. So we'll see, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. So yeah, those are our weeks. Um, let's just dive right into like, a, like the topic of this week, which I thought was, uh, because Bioshock Collection came out recently, it's not so recent now, but it's still fresh. Yeah. Um. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about setting, right? Because setting has a much bigger impact on the writing and the story of a game than than people like to admit. Yeah. We just talked about Bioshock and how those some of those some of its best moments came from just you know getting a, an overview of the world. Yeah, it's the atmosphere. What are some of your most memorable settings, I guess? Uh, it's it's funny because I guess like what I really have enjoyed, I mean, besides Bioshock, because I think Bioshock is probably, or at least the franchise of it's, Bioshock it's high is up like, there. it's probably my favorite series of all time. But then also, you know, I'm, I was a big Halo fan growing up. So, but that's not so much like the setting of Halo has, you know, I mean, it changes consistently throughout the, the story and it's kind of just Earth. But the thing that always like made me intrigued in Halo was like, you'll see something and it's like somewhere over there. Be in the background of the game is something that seems much larger and seems to indicate a larger story. And it has like, 
like and even like destiny has those moments except they're like much much less successful about it because oh. with destiny it's like oh this is a pretty skybox cool it's funny it's funny that we've mentioned these two games because it's i mean halo at its best was bungie and now destiny's bungie and i think destiny's a good game um it's a game drastically different than halo but also very similar but halo has a great story and destiny doesn't really right. have a story which is which is why i think the big rumor is that they just want to get to destiny 2 now yeah. because they just want to like restart yeah. uh they want like they want to play their card of of thank you for sticking with with us even though the launch was rough here's what we wanted the game to be rather than this bullshit 10 year plan or whatever my friend will is like uh the lore master for destiny it feels like he's right. always like but actually and then i'm like i i destiny's a game where if i'm playing it i just want to shoot things and like don't care because i mean there might be a really cool story but i shouldn't have to go online and look it up to right to, like i it. i also got destiny at launch yeah and um you know you've done something wrong where to get your game's story, you have to go to an external website yeah, that's, that's separate from the that, game. No. And also, like, I remember at launch, like, two things specifically. One, you started at the same points of the map. And then I remember specifically there was one mission on the moon where it was like, go into the hive and kill the, like, fallen or whatever that thing is called or... And, and it was just swarms of the same type of enemy and I was like, wait a minute. This is not just the same map. It's the same mission. Almost yeah. almost the same mission over and over again. Except now they call them the Hive instead of the Fallen. Yep. Or or whatever those cyborg guys are. Or Oh yeah, they, I, I don't even remember. Yeah, right? The Cabal. The Cabal, the cabal I remember it was the yeah. enemy. Case in point, you yeah, don't even exactly. know. And the spaceship is just a loading screen. And it's like, mm, mm. no. I desperately, every time that thing came up, I was like, I want to fly this thing. That was my biggest thing. Right. Was like, I want Which to is why I immediately bought No Man's Sky at launch <laughs> my life is a series of disappointments yeah <laughs> uh, um, it's um oh god halo we were talking about halo uh, halo is something that now has fallen into this kind of copy and paste style mission that destiny does halo 5 um is a game where you play you move to a new room you're like you're locked in the room now you have to fight off a horde of enemies you're let out of the room after you do that you move to the next room and it's like this constant i always play halo and legendary which is the highest difficulty setting because i don't know i find that to be more fun more challenging because you're um, uh, uh you get them 360 no scopes mlg yeah. pro <laughs> and i because i hate myself apparently also <laughs> um but like it's it's a game that's it feels like work to play anymore and i'm really disappointed with that and i like so halo is a series that i don't really want to follow anymore which sucks I, I think that's like a really good point. There are some games that do grinding right and you're like, I just want to grind this because I want to get that next weapon or whatever. Right. And it's like, you know, once it feels like work or a chore, so somewhere over there, your brain goes, oh, this is going to die off quickly now. Yeah. Borderlands is another series that I love. And setting wise, we, I mean, we, we kind of got off topic about setting, but Borderlands, the Borderlands series has... A wonderful setting like it's so messed up it's so mad max kind of right and it's but it's somewhere i want to spend time in and if i have to grind in there like to get good weapons that's fine because i love the environment 
obviously we're talking about setting. We can't skip on something like Dark Souls, right? Right. Everything in that series that that you see just raises so many questions. And then if you want to dig deep and it goes fucking deep, yeah. you can. Uh, you can read the item descriptions and put it all together and watch 50 videos of Dark Souls Explained. But when you end, you enter a castle and a dragon swoops in and starts breathing fire, but then, like, you know, immediately dies mid-fire breath, you know, what was it doing there? Right. Why did it die? Like, right. all these questions. And then it just... And then it doesn't go into a cutscene of, like, oh, this was the great mighty white dragon. <laughs> and it, and it, was, it was sick because a wizard came and cursed it. It's like... It's like no, you don't. You don't need it. Right. All you need is the question, and then you have to go and and find it. I I love games like Fallout, like Skyrim, uh, just open world games or Witcher, where if I see something in the distance, I'm like, that looks cool. I can go there and I can touch, and that might be, you know, that might open up a world of possibilities in terms of story. I might get a side mission or a side story that I didn't, I wouldn't have gotten to otherwise. I mean, the uh, um, Borderlands does it too. Uh, the world's not as massive as the fallout games the skyrim games but it's you know like open world games i think opens up and ironically um to better storytelling in terms of just side stuff getting environment building so, dude you have to play the witcher 3 I, I have to play because the, the side quests in that thing are excellent so with the bioshock collection they uh there's um there's a director's commentary thing. And like, normally that means, you know what I, I thought I was going to play along the game and like Ken Levine, the director of Bioshock was going to talk to me, but that's not, it's like a short thing. Uh, Jeff Keighley hosts it. He's talking to Ken Levine and, uh, who's the director of Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite. And then, uh, I forget the other guy's name, but he was the lead, uh, designer in the game. But, um, anyway, so they're talking about how, um, the character of Atlas, how they originally, uh, cast, um, an actor with a Southern accent, Southern American accent. Um, and with playtest, everyone hated this character. And like Atlas, you know, is someone who is central to the game and spoiler alert, but like you need to trust him up front for him to betray you in the end of the game. So, um, originally with this, the Southern accent, every playtester was like, I don't trust this guy. This guy's going to turn on me. So they were like, fuck, we, <laughs> we have to go back. We have to change it. So that's how he became to have, um, an Irish accent. So, um, yeah, that, that's a lot of like, besides setting, which Bioshock's a funny game too, because they talk about how they came up with the setting of the, the game first and then everything else kind of came around that. The story was built after they built Rapture. Cause the Rapture is like a character. Almost, yeah, actually a hundred percent. Yeah. It's yeah, this, ab absolutely. Yeah. I still remember like going into like the, one of the labs and then seeing through the glass, like the dying doctor that writes the <laughs> combination to the right, save yeah. in reverse on the window. Like, yeah, those are moments that really build, build characters and, you know, it's, it's, do uh, the, do the magic, I guess. I don't think I'll ever do justice to Bioshock by talking about it, just how great it is. It's such a, such, such a great game. And I really think it's, it's pushed the envelope forward for what, what is to be expected from like a narrative driven game. Um, and it's, it's funny cause we get a lot of narrative driven games anymore that like they're just narrative driven, you know, like, um, for instance, the walking dead game and like, I don't know, like uh, now the Batman series, those are great games and they have great stories, but they 
for me at least the gameplay mechanics not there and Bioshock mixes this great story with this fantastic first person shooting gameplay there's there's like a, uh there's a couple like big like narrative milestones in video games you know you have your your Zelda Ocarina of Time you right. have like and Bioshock is definitely one of them and you know then later on you have like The Last of Us which right yeah oh which, my goodness you know yeah uh is is basically a movie yeah but but um which is, isn't it I think it's working on being adapted right now I think they're making it right a movie. but I think I think with The Last of Us the movie the original writers are involved okay good i think with the uncharted movie um it's different writers so i i i'm going to be skeptical of that one that yeah that's that's a dangerous game cuz even though i haven't played uncharted i have watched a lot of gameplay and a lot of like walkthroughs of uncharted um which i've done with a lot of playstation like bigger titles last of us is one of them i've watched the entire thing without commentary through cuz i don't have a playstation um but uh I think for them to not hire the writers of Uncharted, which has a great story. I mean, they're great. They have awesome story. I mean, they're like, you know, this, our generation's Indiana Jones, but we play them. Um, and I love stories like that. Like, so I think that's going to be, a, a, I mean, it might just be fine. It might absolutely be fine, but I think it's, it's, they should have, they should have definitely gone with the writers from the game. So, or at least had them involved. Um, where's Assassin's Creed, the Assassin's Creed movie. I haven't seen. I haven't looked into right, see if the but writers- but there's interesting stuff with it. Like they just said that, uh, so it takes place in Spain, and they just had this article that popped up that said all the historical sections are gonna be subtitled, and I was like, ooh, oh, that's 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 not your typical Hollywood cash in movie no move, you know. So so that that brings my interest. You have, however, you know the opposite spectrum where you have the warcraft i was knew you're gonna go here yeah and blizzard was heavily involved with that yeah and that's what made multiple writers quit on that one yeah so it's it's tough it's it's definitely a balancing act but you know we'll see as these as these movies keep coming out one of them should should hit eventually i mean how many video game movies have there been and how and all of them have been horrible yeah i mean i honestly i don't think i can think well i mean no i I can't think i was gonna say tron but tron's really the games came after the movie right tron tron is also based off like an older series right i think um so it's what's interesting too is the uh the changes they've made in the assassin's creed movie because if you watch the trailers the animus is like this thing that like those like VR treadmills work that the, like the person actually has to move in this room. It's not this lay down machine, which is cool because I guess I watching that on screen, watching someone actually move while connected to this machine is, is way cooler than watching them lay down for 45 minutes or something or right. be compared to the matrix or, you know, something like that. So I think they made, they took those liberties to, to change that. Um, so I'm curious to see how that turns out. That's like coming out in what December, I think. But that's getting off topic. Um, hey, I mean, we've been getting off topic yeah, um, this entire recording, so who cares, right? I think I think Bioshock's done the best with making a setting that's fictional because I think the Fallout series has kind of kind of solid setting, but they're based on real locations. So I wasn't really gonna, you know, like Fallout Three is one of my favorite games too, and I think just mm-hmm. like the Capital Wasteland is DC just destroyed. But it's funny. I mean, Fallout Four is a game that I never felt like I was in Boston. That's not. I don't think they did it. Like, I mean, if it was. Mass, you know, whatever Boston, Massachusetts, and I didn't feel like I was there. That's a good point because I've I've never felt I didn't feel like that either. Yeah, 
to be fair, I never went to Boston. I've never been to Boston, but I, I like, you but know, it's still like, I don't know. Does Boston have any iconic, like anything? Well, I mean, the, the, the green monster baseball stadium is, is in the game is, is the Boston Red Sox field. So like, that's supposed to be the landmark, I think. But I oh, mean, that's cool. The capital wasteland from fallout three felt like DC. Like I've been to DC, so I guess I'm biased about these two. But, it, you know, all the monuments were present and, you know, like, so I don't know. But and even I mean, I've never been to Vegas either, but New Vegas felt like I was in Las Vegas. Like, you know, it felt like this this twisted version of that. So I well, guess the more I talk about Fallout 4, the more I'm like, oh, here's all the faults of it. But then if I if I go probably now right now after we leave and like go to play it, I'd probably be like, this game's fucking amazing. Still, <laughs> like I'd still love it. Right. I, I think it's still a good game, but I. You, you do get the feeling like they can't just do a prettier one for the next one. Uh, they got to compete. Yeah. And right. it's something that's... But to be fair, the Skyrim the Skyrim remaster is coming out soon, so I'm going to have to pick that up. It's weird that I'm playing only remastered games, but that's another complaint for another day. Yeah, that's for the next podcast. I think I think that's a good point to wrap it up on. I don't know. You've convinced me. I might I might get the collection. Who you cares? You 100% have to get the collection. Yeah, I <laughs> should. I, re- the collection. I, I really should. Um, alrighty, so that's that's the podcast for today. Uh, with some title, I don't know what it is yet. That's and uh, Jared, where can where can people find you if you would like to find them at all? Uh, 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 I'm on Twitter. I don't know my handle off the top of my head. I think it's written red. Uh, written red. That's written a cool. Red, t- yeah, that's a cool handle. Let's see. Where's my handle? I'm trying yeah. to. Call. Oh, I'm sorry. No, my hand. That's that's what my name is. Um, my handle is at red. Jared It's, which is supposed to be pronounced Red Jar Edits, but that's Red Jared It's. Yeah, so that's cool. That, so that's see if you can spell that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, you can find cool gameplays on on the gaming channel that I I uh, sometimes run. Uh, I'm not a nerd. Shut up. That you can find on Game of Dorks. So if you just type that into the the search bar on YouTube, you will you will definitely find that. Yeah, that's it for me. So, uh, thank you guys for watching and we hope that this, you know, new podcast adventure, uh, will be beneficial to you. And all right, that's enough. Uh, we're going to see you next week where we talk about something else that relates to video games and stories. Bye. Bye. Just say bye real quick. Uh, bye. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>